is the Wrestling Outsiders Podcast. Here are your hosts. Here are your hosts. Here are your Emerson Whitner. Emerson. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 And Brian Whitney. Oh, how much does that guy weigh? get a dog. Yes, it's a mini Doberman Pinscher. Okay. It is a she. It is a she. Her her name is Minnie. Minnie. So, yes. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how did that come about? Uh, it was a rescue dog. We got it from a friend, so the dog was three years old. Okay. Did you name her Minnie, or was that already her name? It was already her name, yeah. So you still have your original dog, Wilson. You just now have a second dog. Yes. Aunt Betty must be ripping her hair out. No, and Betty's actually falling in love with Minnie very slowly. She, she's well, here on a trial run. Don't you remember, like, years ago when you got a second dog the first time, Aunt Betty was Maximus, falling in love with yes. Minnie? Yeah. That yes. worked out, didn't it? Well, Max, Maximus wasn't house trained at all because we got her as a puppy and we tried to house train her. But shortly after getting Maximus, we found out that Nikki got pregnant. So we had to give Maximus up. Hashtag Nikki's pregnant. Hashtag Nikki's not pregnant. Well, hashtag Nikki was pregnant at the time. Yes, there you go. So we're here, we're live for the first of three shows in the next four or five days, Brian. Yeah, we're going if, to be... if our loyal listeners love to listen to our voices, they will have a plethora amount of time to do so in the next week. We're or in the next so... 96 hours. Yeah, we're going to be so sick of doing audio by next Wednesday, it's not even going to be funny. And uh, True story. If I'm not sick of reporting wrestling by next Wednesday, you know that uh, it's all good because uh, let's let's go over the schedule, shall we? Sure, go ahead, uh, brother of mine. Saturday night at nine o'clock, I'm filling in for Dave Meltzer and doing the live play-by-play for NXT Takeover Brooklyn over on F4W Online. And then at eleven thirty, we're going to be right here 
right here on Blog Talk Radio and over at AngryMarks.com. And we're going to be doing the live NXT TakeOver Brooklyn post-show Saturday night at 11.30. Shit, does this mean I have to keep it PG Saturday night? Fuck, yes you do. Gosh, darn it. Better get it all out now. And then Sunday night at 7 p.m., I'm going to be going over to AngryMarks.com and doing the live play-by-play for SummerSlam for four hours. And then coming back on here Sunday night at 11 o'clock for our live SummerSlam post-show. Yes. And then, of course, we'll be back here next Wednesday at 10 o'clock for our normal show, Clash of the Champions 25 with Vader versus Ric Flair. And no, it's not that Vader versus Ric Flair match. It's a different one. Mm. Uh, hey, Brian, who uh, would you rather vote for for president? Donald Trump or or independent candidate D's Nuts? <laughs> you're, you're joking, right? I wish I was. There's an independent wow. candidate who's got 9%. He's polling at 9%, and his name is D's Nuts. I know exactly who you're talking about. Is an African American disabled gentleman? <laughs> oh God! That, that, so Brian, that, last, that's going to be a tough call come November of next year. Of next year, do I vote for the Donald, or do I vote for the man who's cracked me up for the last couple months now with his variety of uh, videos on the internet? He's nuts. Uh, this is what's wrong with America, folks. These are the options you have to vote for, for El Presidente. And Only in America. So, so tonight, Brian, we're reviewing Starcade 91. And Battle Bowl. Before we get into Battle Bowl, before we get into Lethal Lottery, last week I told you to write, give me a list of what's wrong with you. Did you do it? No. Awesome. So we're off to a rip-roaring start. That's Uh, that's why I looked at it. Listen, this week I had a a variety of things I started, so I've been quite busy. Notice he didn't say he finished any of these things, just that he started all of them. Well, I can't can't finish football practice until November. So, yes. No, no, it cannot stop going to school until the end of twelfth grade. I was about to say until eighteen. So, Starcade '91 Battle Bowl Lethal Lottery. If you're not familiar with it, you obviously don't watch TNA because uh, they've done it like two dozen times at this point. Um, but uh, basically, they took forty WCW athletes. The quote-unquote top 40. When you look at the top 40 wrestlers in WCW, just imagine the crap that didn't get used for the show. Um, <laughs> and we're supposed to believe that these were all, you know, random drawn tag teams to wrestle each other, and the winners of the 10 tag team matches would advance to the Battle Royal at the end of the night, 
with the winner being the first Battle Bowl champion. Um, now, what I did... Now, Dusty Rhodes, by the way, Dusty Rhodes was the booker, and, you know, you don't want to speak too ill of the dead, but this show wasn't random. Uh... Dusty Rhodes sat down with the list of 40 guys, and these are all the matches that he thought would be a good idea. Mm. And so what I did, Brian, I decided, you know, to see if I could do a better job than Dusty. Um, I put the 40 WCW wrestlers who competed on this show into the mystery wheel that Lauren and I use for Bad Movie Month, and uh, made a completely random 10 tag team matches. So for every match, match, we'll go through what the real match was, and then I'll tell you the match that got drawn out at random. And, Brian, I want you to tell me which match you thought was better. Okay. Which match would you think would be better, I guess, would be the better way to put it. Okay. All right, so we're going to start things off. The first match, by the way, Eric Bischoff, Missy Hyatt, and Magnum T.A. were the people standing to pull the names out of the uh, tumbler. Magnum T.A. continued his streak of getting paid to do absolutely nothing but stand there. And I'll tell you what, he does a very good job of standing there doing nothing. He's like an NXT backstage announcer. Our first random match, Michael Hayes and Tracy Smothers versus Jimmy Garvin and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. So starting with Freebird versus Freebird, the matches all had 20-minute time limits. Personally, I was hoping for like nine time limit draws so the battle row would only be two people. That would have sucked, and then it would be four people, Emerson. No, because they would have had a tag team match in the 10th match, and only two people could have won. True story. You're right. I was distracted by a five-year-old. I apologize. Whose fault is that for their baby not being in bed at 1040 on a school night? Mm. He's not a baby, though, anymore, Emerson, but yeah, sure. So Tracy spent most of the match refusing to tag Michael Hayes in and paid for it. His punishment, he had to work with rookie Buff Bagwell. Yeah. So he... He he took his punishment like a man and had to work with Bagwell. Uh, the uh, the match nothing special and the fans just no. did not give a shit. Um, no, like the fans, no. these fans did not care about almost anything on this show, and it's not that WCW gave them a reason to care. There were times you could look in the crowd and see people having private conversations amongst each other as opposed to watching the show that they paid to go see. Um, And in this match, uh, the finish saw, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Uh, I'm sorry, Michael Hayes accidentally hit Jimmy Garvin, and Bagwell hit the perfect plex on Tracy Smothers for the win. Hell of a match, if you ask me. And... Thankfully, Brian's already brought back the popping noise that he knows I love. Now, Brian, having watched that match, now the first match I was able to pull at random. Are you ready for it? Yes. Yes, I'm ready for your fantastic match. Yes. 
Bill Kazmaier and Steve Austin versus Todd Champion and Johnny B. Bad. Would Who's that the first match one? Bill Kazmaier and Steve Austin? No, 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 the first one and second match. Uh, the Todd Champion. Which match would would have been better? Ah, Kazmaier and Austin would make an interesting team. But I'm still going to go with the original match. All right, so I'm already down one to nothing to Dusty. But it's okay because uh, I'm confident that you know, I'm going to kind of get victorious in this. Yes, yes. We immediately go to our second match with Rick Roots and, speaking of him, Steve Austin versus Van Hammer and Big Josh. Uh, the babyface team saw a total clown and Van Hammer teaming with a future clown because Big Josh eventually became Doink the Clown, the original Doink the Clown. Um, and for some inexplicable reason, uh, the only person that got any reaction was Van Hammer. Hmm. Yeah, go figure. And, you know, I can't imagine why, considering he then... Van Hammer then schooled the biggest star in wrestling history uh, grappling on the mat. Because, yes, Van Hammer was easily taking down and beating on Steve Austin, the future six-time WWF champion. The, yeah. You know, between Steve Austin and Van Hammer, they sold a combined $10 million in T-shirts in 1998. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's huh. see here. Um, my favorite moment of the match was Hammer being held in a headlock, but he made it to the corner for the hot tag. Big Josh was so happy that he ran all around the ring first. Just um, sorry. The ugly fans at ringside woke up, and then they went back to sleep because the match wouldn't end. Uh, yeah. for, those in- for those interested, Rick Rude was wearing red underwear under his tights because his tights kept slipping down, and he didn't notice that it, you know his underwear was sticking out for the world to see. Um, the finish saw Austin accidentally hit Heyman, but it didn't matter because Rude tagged himself in and gave Van Hammer the Rude Awakening for the win. Do you have anything to say yeah. about the match? I, I voiced my opinion. I, I, I too also liked the uh, right around the ring for a couple laps, and then it's a guy off your tag team partner moment. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, was that match better or worse than my second match? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Thomas Rich and Tom Zink versus Dustin Rhodes and Buff Bagwell. Yeah, it's Steve Austin and Rickard uh, make a hell of a team, so, yeah. I still nope. call Shenanigans. Alright. I, I, I don't find fun in four baby faces going at it and tag match. Uh, Alrighty, so up next we got... If I don't win this one, by the way, I'm going to come through the phone and beat you. Dustin Bring Rhodes it, and... Bitch. Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton versus Larry Zabisco and El Gigante. Hmm. Where do I start? Let's um, go to the end. <laughs> Dustin won. 
<laughs> really? I mean, yeah. even if I did not watch this pay-per-view and he told me Dustin Rhodes was in a match, 95% of the time I would pick him to win it. I'm uh, shocked he didn't win the whole damn thing. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, Dustin Rhodes did not win Battle Bowl. Um, the whole match saw Larry encourage L to cheat. I got tired of writing Gigante, so I just kept referring yeah. to him as L. And like, L. L refused to cheat. Um, so the finish saw Larry slap L, and L then threw him into the ring and tossed him into a drop kick by Dustin. So, yes, El Gigante helped his team lose. Uh, and this was not the last time that the losers celebrated winning the match. Of course not. Uh, so that was that third match. Uh, my third match was Arachnaman and Brian Pillman versus Richard Morton and Steve Armstrong. So you have brothers on either side of the ring, uh, and you have four people who could have worked a hell of a match. Which one wins, Brian? I guess I'll give you the one. I was going to say, I will hang up on you if you pick anything else. <laughs> I picked Gigante, Zabiscovos, Rhodes, and Morton. Yeah. Kiss Come me on. Come on. You want me to hang up? Because that's what I said I was going to do. <laughs> uh, as if the first three matches didn't light the world on fire enough, we then got the fourth match. Oh, Bill my Kaz- God. This is a famous match. Bill Kazmaier and Jushin Thunder Liger versus Diamond Dallas Page and Mike Graham. This is the same Jushin Liger that this Saturday night, live on the WWE Network for only nine ninety nine a month, they'll be taking on Tyler Breeze, that 24 years ago, he teamed with Bill Kazmaier. And this is long... By the way, this is Juschenlager's first ever televised match in North America. You know, oh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Go um, this is long before DDP became a great worker. In fact, he was pretty shitty at this point. And this was the infamous match where live on pay-per-view, Mike Graham made Jushin Liger look like an idiot when Graham wouldn't take any of his offense, make him look stupid, and then bragging about making Liger look stupid for decades after. I'll figure. And mind you, this is the same Mike Graham that later on in the rise and fall of WCW DVD, claimed to invent the idea of monthly pay-per-view, Goldberg's winning streak, and Nitro going head-to-head with Raw every Monday. Those were all Mike Graham's, according to Mike Graham. I smell shenanigans, bitch. Yeah. Um, Kazmaier, for those who don't know, he won a whole bunch of those World's Strongest Man contests they used to air on ESPN2 all the time. Um, yes. JR was, yes. JR was completely full of shit, saying that the great thing about this show is that none of these teams have ever teamed up before. And there's a reason for this, because it would all really suck if they did. Mm. 
the finish saw Bill pick up Liger and throw him on the DDP for the win. And then, oh, uh, by the way, was that better or worse than my fourth match, Brian? And this is the one I'm going to make you have to think about. Arn Anderson and Van Hammer versus Rick Steiner and El Gigante. Oh, hmm. Hmm. Just imagine hmm. Van Hammer and El Gigante wrestling each other. Hmm. I, I hope I just gave you a headache. <laughs> it did, but it was it would strike my interest to see it to see that type of match. So I'm gonna go with yours. I win that one? Yes, chocolate up for you. I, I would be interested. I feel. We then got the most exciting thing on the show up to this point. No, not the next match. The commercial for Super Brawl 2. <laughs> Super Brawl 2 was on February 29th, 1992, and the commercial for that was better than the first four matches of the show. Uh, yeah, you had to put, you know, the excitement in there. Uh, Super Bowl Two was a pretty good show, and now back to the really bad show. Yeah. You know, this is actually this is part of the sh- this is when the show actually picked up because it was about a thirty-five to forty-minute period where the show was actually pretty good before it went back into the shitter, and it started with match number five, world champion Lex Luger and Arn Anderson versus Terrence Taylor and the Z Man. If you didn't have Sugar and Arn Anderson in this match, you were a freaking idiot. Well, it was still, I think, as honestly, the best match on the entire show. Um, part of I what, knew there was something. What was that? I said I always knew there was something wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a blowaway match. It was obviously it wasn't a must-see match, but it was quite good nonetheless. Um, I enjoyed Missy Hyatt still being picked up on the mic saying, I can run now, right? After they, in theory, turned off her mic. Of course, this being WCW, they didn't. Um, Part of what made it good was that Terrence Taylor, despite being a heel, worked the match as a babyface. So he had two great heels in Luger and Arn versus two great babyfaces in Terry Taylor and Tom Zink. Um, Zank was a great babyface in peril, and Taylor made a great fiery babyface comeback. Uh, the finish saw Taylor go for the five arm, because you know it's better than just the forearm, it's the five arm. And But Arn, that's really the reason why it's called that, in case you're wondering. Oh, God. Yeah, because it's better than the forearm. Um, okay. But Arn, yeah, Arn need him in a small back. And Luger pinned him with a pile driver. And by the way, what was the name of the pile driver? An attitude adjustment. Yes. You know, somewhere, you know, John Cena stole from Lex Luger. There's a That's sentence happened. he never thought would ever be said, ever. <laughs> yeah, I knew that Cena was a phony. Yes. When when uh, you have to steal move names from Lex Luger. Uh-huh. <laughs> But hey, this was, you know, a fine match. Gotta 
Give it to the four of them for there for the best match in the show. And now I think I'm going to have to accept defeat, even though I've got a pretty decent little match of my own to go up against it. Ron Simmons and DDP versus beautiful Bob Eaton and ravishing Rick Rude. Cool. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm going to talk about Dusty. Okay, so Dusty gets another one. And then we got my favorite part of the show, where JR and Tony were going down the ten people who have already won their matches and mentioned Dustin Rhodes. And despite his match like just happening 30 minutes earlier, I was like, he didn't wrestle yet. He did. He did wrestle. That's sad, Emerson. Ron, are you ever going to mute your phone so I can stop yelling at you every time it goes bloop? I thought I turned that sleeping noise off. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I think you're right. You're right. Yes, I'm right, folks. I, thankfully, Brian is here to tell me. And, hey, we're at the halfway point, so I guess I'd better take a deep breath here and play something. What can I play, Brian? Um, let's play this. Let's hope it plays. It's the Snake Roberts. The match is at hand. Well, well, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line, namely the million-dollar belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get down on your hands and knees. This time, you'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate <laughs> that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of avarice. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. That was an excellent promo. It was. I especially love the five-year-old that popped in and said hello at the beginning. I did not hear that, so it didn't come across on the show. Okay. Yeah, perfect, right? Um, we then got a half of an interesting match. <laughs> we got half of a good match. Ricky Steamboat and Todd Champion versus Cactus Jack and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. The hijinks began when Buddy Lee Parker stood up in the heel locker room and immediately got his ass kicked by Abdullah the Butcher, who wanted to team with Cactus Jack. Uh, Parker then kept dragging himself to the ring, despite getting his ass kicked. Abdullah tried coming out, but the referees all ran out and pushed him to the back, while Cactus went out and tried to pull Abdullah into the ring. 
Uh, Parker eventually made it through the curtain and met Abdullah, who beat him up some more. Uh, mm-hmm. So Cactus, the heel, had a two-on-one handicap match with two baby faces. But to be honest, for the most part, it was a, it was a singles match between Cactus and Ricky Steamboat, which meant it was pretty damn good. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, when those two were actually in the ring against each other, it was you know, a pretty good little match. Uh, Steamboat did a suicide dive, of all things, to the outside. Um, every time Todd Champion would team in, the ma- their tag in the match sucked. She let you know that right now. Uh, and he was in enough to drag this match down a bit. Uh, Jack yeah. did do... Jack did his elbow, but he did it instead of off the apron. He did it off the middle rope onto the pretty blue mats outside the ring to champion. Parker finally dragged himself to the ring before tagging himself in and being beaten when Ricky Steamboat came off the top with a uh, flying cross body block. Um, He did something similar in 1993 at Battle Bowl with Rip Rogers, and that was actually better. That Yes, Rip Rogers was better than the Sarge. Because, yes, Sergeant yeah. Buddy Lee Parker is the same guy who would later run the WCW power plant and, and up until it, up until WCW died. That's bad. Yes. So, Brian, was that match better or worse? I'm sorry, these, some of these are really coincidence that, you know, some of the same people in the same match, but Big Josh and Abdullah the Butcher... Versus Jimmy Garvin and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the original. Who's someone a bitch? (laughs) Screw me. Just just, just to see a skinny SF race try to push back fat-ass Abdullah the Butcher. (laughs) <laughs> and then Parker just come out of the uh, thing and had dual nail on. That was sheer entertainment, folks. Uh, speaking of Abby, he got to come out for the next match. Sting and Abdullah the Butcher versus Brian Pillman and Bobby Eaton. The best part of the show was Johnny B. Bad's reaction on his face when they announced Abdullah as Sting's partner. Uh, th- this match... I, this match was absurd, but so amazingly absurd. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, the teams were Sting and Abdullah versus Babyface Brian Pillman and heel Bobby Eaton. Abdullah immediately ran to the ring. You, you, you want to see something great? Go see Abdullah running to the ring, and he attacks Sting. He attacks Sting as partner. So Brian Pillman ran down and saved Sting from the attack and beat the crap out of Abby with Abby's giant stick. Bobby Eaton then ran down to make the save for Abdullah. And once he did that, Abdullah threw Pillman off the ramp. Um, At this point, you know, it became face versus heel, so technically they were attacking their opponents. Um, And honestly, while this match was... Actually, this match was horrible, but it was the most fun match on the show. Um, and the fans did give a shit about it, which they didn't give a shit about much on the show, 
but they cared about this match. Um, well, at one point, Abdullah, Abdullah stole Tony Schiavone's pencil and used it to attack Sting. Uh, Bobby Eaton held Sting for Abby to attack, so Brian Pillman made the save for his opponent by drop-kicking Abby. Um, then the, amazing, the most amazing feat of strength ever happened when Brian Pillman body-slammed Abdullah, but unfortunately no one ever saw it on TV because they were too busy watching Sting and Bobby Eaton uh, look at the ring from outside. Hey. Mm. Um, then we got the confusing finish where Brian Pillman refused to tag in, so Eaton tagged in Abdullah, which technically didn't count, so Cactus, ran, Cactus Jack ran down, accidentally hit Abdullah with his big giant stick, and Sting pinned Eaton with a flying body press while Brian Pillman celebrated. Go figure. Yes. And then Cactus and Abdullah fought to the back after the match, and I believe that was the official breakup of their duo. That was sad. Yes. Could have been one hell of a team. Could have been the best tag team of all time, Brian. Abdullah and Cactus Jack. They'll rank right up there with Arn and Tully. And the Hart Foundation and LOD and all them. Yeah. And yep. One of the best. All right, so the match that I had it going up against, Brian, uh, was nah. Scott, Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip. So somehow, someway, I got the... T- uh, two people together actually did face each other versus Mr. Hughes and the Night Stalker. Who wins? <sighs> Come on, Brian. You'd never break my heart, would you? No, but I will this time. You said you will this time? I will, yes, yes. Just, just because me the, like, the faces double teaming on the heel, and they're, and they're like complete opposite of teams. They're tearing me apart, Brian. Sorry, Emerson. I really am. Not really. Sorry. I say, no, you're not. It's like I am, but and I'm then, not. And then the show fell off the cliff again. Um, and stayed off. It fell off the cliff and stayed off the cliff. Um, Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker versus Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes. Now, Brian, do you know who uh, the Night Stalker was? Was it Wyndham? No. No. It was uh, Brian Clark, who later, yeah, he later became Adam Bomb, Wrath, and Brian Clark. Nice. Nice. That last one was a real name changer, huh? I know. Yeah. And this match sucked. You think? Yes. I don't just think. I know. I mean, if you gave, if you gave, the, if you gave Steiner and Knife Stalker a chance, you were an idiot. And uh, Vader, for some reason, forgot to bring his mask the whole the whole night that he's there without his mask. Uh, they were originally going to do Vader and Mr. Hughes as a regular team, but this match was so bad, I think they decided against doing it. That was a good uh, idea. 
when Brian Clark tagged in, it really blew, especially when he was facing Hughes. Uh, the finish, the, get this. I, I don't know how Brian Clark didn't break his neck. Um, Brian Clark got knocked down, and the finish was Vader going to run over and splash him. But while Vader went up for the splash, Brian Clark did half of a sit-up, so Vader landed right on the top of his head. Oh, yeah. It was painful, fellas. Yes. Yes, it did. And Vader and Hughes defeated Rick Steiner and Brian Clark. And by the way, uh, Brian Clark was actually the replacement for the Diamond Stud, Scott Hall, uh, because he uh, hurt his elbow. He was too drunk. He was too drunk to wrestle, so he hurt his elbow. Yep. Mark my words. Now, Brian, I do not accept losing this one. My match, and I would pay to watch this match in 1991, Sting and PN News versus Jushin Thunder Liger and Big Van Vader. Oh, yeah. I'll give you one. Can you imagine that match actually happening? That would be an awesome match, I feel. Exactly. Uh, even with PN News in it. Yeah. PN, you stay on the apron the entire time. Stay carry this one for your team. Oh, I always do. Sting, oh. we're confident that you won't keep landing on top of your head like Richard Morton did, or just refusing yeah. to take any Vliger's moves like Mike Graham did. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll try. I mean... Yeah. Uh, so up next, Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip versus Johnny B. Bad and Arachnaman. Now, for those of you unfamiliar, Arachnaman was Brad Armstrong, and this was WCW's attempt to get around the Marvel Comics trademark of Spider-Man uh, and coming up with a uh, with a different type of Spider-Man but trying to get away with using it. Marvel Comics didn't find it funny and threatened a lawsuit. And so for the second time in the same year, Brad Armstrong had to change a gimmick because uh, they got sued. Earlier in the year, he was Fantasia. That lasted about a month before Disney sued them. Uh, Let's hear Brad Armstrong. What was more entertaining than this match was going back and looking at all of Brad Armstrong's gimmicks while in WCW. He was uh, Fantasia. He was Candyman. He was Mr. R. He was Arachnaman. He was Bad Street. He was B.A. And he was Buzzkill. And Buzzkill was when Vince Russo made him to be Road Dog. For some reason. Uh, go figure. And of course, he also at one point uh, in WWE ECW, he was a color commentator for two weeks. In the beginning of 2007, uh, he was doing commentary with Joey Styles and Taz, and he got dropped because Joey Styles and Taz just talked all over him and wouldn't let him do or say anything to get himself over because they hated him being there. Go figure. Yes. 
Uh, finally, uh, by the way, back to the match. Scott Steiner got tired of this shitty-ass match and pinned Brad with a belly-to-belly souffle. Thank God. Now, was that better or worse than my match, which would have been Larry Zabisco and Mike Graham versus Lex Luger and Rick Steamboat? I'll give you that one. Yep, so it's 5-4 to four with the last match coming up, Brian. If you're oh. and you've been keeping track if I haven't said yet, you should know who the last match is. <laughs> no, speaking I should not Speaking of the last match, this is the semi main event of Starcade. Roddy mm. Piper and Greg Time were once the semi main event of Starcade. Eight years later, Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich versus Steve Armstrong and P N News. This the match crap. and better. The, the crap master was in the semi-main event. And for those unfamiliar with PN News, just imagine a shittier version of Brodus Clay. Yeah. Um, now, possible. Yeah. Uh, the earlier matches uh, in the card all followed a similar pattern where there was like no psychology, no tag team psychology in the match. Instead, the heel would get in, do something, tag in the baby face, and everyone would just stand up and ignore everything that just happened and start over again. In the middle part of the show, when the show was actually good, did actual tag team matches with actual tag team psychology, which is why those were actually good matches, and the fans were actually into them. This match was back to the crap. Um, Sims and Rich argued most of the match, so of course they won when Simmons pinned Steve with the Spine Buster. Yes. Now, Brian, was that better or worse than my final match? Cactus Jack and Tracy Smothers versus Michael Hayes and Terry Taylor. God, really? Yes. Come on, Brian, you know you want to give it to me. I'm going to have to. Exactly. So, Dusty and I tied uh, with five each. But before we get to the main event, Brian, I'm going to play a new audio file here. Uh, Since this is 3 minutes 38 seconds, it can't be, but let's play it here. Um, I think it's only a minute, but we'll keep an ear out. So, uh, how's Oliver doing? He's not doing Hey, man! Where you been? I've been looking everywhere for you. Still upset about the titles? To be honest, Bo, I've been better. Spoke to Oliver today. He's in Oliver, who gives the... You know what? That's too bad. But time heals all wounds. It's like John Cena always says. You know John Cena, the WWE champion. Winner of the 2013 Royal Rumble match. The same Royal Rumble match that I was in. Bo. I know who John Cena is, man. Anyways, what does Cena always say? Never give up. You just might make it after all. What are you talking about? And regardless, mate, I've been looking for you all day long. Where have you been? Oh, I just signed up for the NXT Battle Royal. Uh, the one in two weeks' time? Yeah. Winner gets number one contendership, 
and a shot at the NXT title. Yeah. Hey, but I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure all the slots have been taken. Hey, but chin up, man. Things are looking up. Woo! I'll kiss you around, all right? Yo, boo. That battle royal. I added myself as well. So, hey, mm. let the best man win, buddy. Yeah. All right. Catch you there. That was the start of the Bo Dallas heel turn in NXT. And yeah. I loved Bo Dallas on NXT. It's too bad. I know you did everything. Yes, it, it, it's too bad, you know, <laughs> that they've done absolutely nothing with him on the main roster. Okay. All right. So, Battle Bowl, Battle Royal. It was Vader, Buff Bagwell, Jimmy Garvin, Dustin Rhodes, Bill Kazmaier, Jushin Liger, Steve Austin, Richard Morton, Todd Champion, Abdullah, Firebreaker Chip, Thomas Rich, Ron Simmons, Rick Steamboat, Mr. Hughes, Scott Steiner, Lex Luger, Rick Root, Arn Anderson, and Sting. Um, the cameraman fell over during Steamboat's entrance, so it was hilarious looking at Steamboat's face as the cameraman fell on his ass. Uh, this match was actually on the WWE release DVD, Starcade, the Essential Collection. Uh, the only match from the show on there. I know you're shocked to hear that, Brian. Very shocked, Emerson. Um, it was a two-ring battle royal, and what you had to do was throw somebody from one ring over the top into the next ring, and then you weren't eliminated until you got thrown out over the top of the second ring. That's all fine and dandy, except I'm convinced most of the people did not go over the top of the first ring. Yeah, so yeah, some of them I don't think did either. I think half of them didn't, to be honest. Um, and the point is, at the end, the last person in ring one, who turned out to be Luger, then faced the last man in ring two, who was Sting. Um, you could make a case that, you know, Sting should have had to throw Luger over twice to win, but really, that would have just that would have just confused people even more. Um, this was a good enough battle royal, probably the second best match on the show for the most part. Um, Liger was able to do all of his spots with Richard Morton, even though Morton kept falling on the top of his head every time he did something. Um, they did uh, end up doing a wide shot of the uh, ring when it got down. When everyone got down into the one ring, they had a wide shot of the ring with two little boxes with close-up camera angles on the bottom. Not even sure why they bothered, except if not, then they would have had to keep cutting back to these close-ups on the screen, which were pointless. Um, order of elimination, Morton, Liger, Rich, Garvin, Chip, Abdullah, Kazmaier, Champion, Arn, Dustin, Simmons, Hughes, Bagwell, Vader, Steiner, Austin, Rude, and Steamboat, uh, in that order. Steamboat had dumped Rude, and, but then Rude just yanked him out and broke the rules, by the way, that bastard. But it set up their feud, their feud for the U.S. title. Uh, Rude gave Sting the Rude Awakening after being eliminated. And when Sting eventually eliminated Lex Luger, the fans, the, the fans I don't even think they applauded. They didn't even react at all to the finish of the main event with Sting eliminating Lex Luger. Uh, what did you think of the show, Brian? Can I say a thumbs, thumbs down? 
Uh, I'd go thumbs down, but leaning towards the middle just for those three good matches there in the middle. But, yeah, this, this is one of those ma- those shows that we could have easily watched for bad WCW pay-per-view month. Yeah, yeah, you will. Uh, do you have anything left to say about the show? God, no. Did you watch Tough Enough? Did I watch Tough Enough? I did not watch Tough Enough. It's almost over, Brian. One more episode. I made it. Add up, boy. I know it's difficult for you. Oh, it freaking is, but it's over next week when ZZ and Sarah win the vote. If they do a vote, if not, Josh and Amanda will win. Um... But, yeah, tough enough, whereas I labeled it episode almost over. Uh, Last week, after Gigi was eliminated, Sarah then got back to the – I'm sorry, Amanda got back to the house and started in on Sarah, asking her if she feels guilty about always being in the bottom two. And to piss me off, Amanda's already using WWE talk by speaking about the WWE universe instead of the fans, which is always enough to piss me off. Uh, then the boys turned on ZZ, talked about how, because there's only two girls left, one of those three were going to have to be voted off this week. Tanner, who realized that he was the favorite to be eliminated, just went after ZZ for losing every competition and for being fat. And ZZ then replied with, don't broke, don't broke what ain't fixed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brian, don't broke what ain't fixed. I'll try not to. And so they went from there to full sale for last week's NXT tapings. By the way, part of the fun is they taped the NXT shows that are on air after TakeOver. They taped them last week. So Mm. you you could go online and see what's going to happen after TakeOver. Um. (laughs) Now, they actually, and I think they're on a record here of the most amount of uh, wrestling stuff in in episodes in a row here because uh, not only did they have to put the ring together, but they had to create a finishing maneuver. And, uh, by the way, Billy Gunn did give ZZ a compliment putting over his ability to put the ring together. Now, this... Uh, for those of you who are on Twitter, you may have seen uh, Lance Storm commenting on Sarah Lee's side Russian leg sweep where she tried to break the leg of Jason Jordan. Poor bastard. Um, and then after the side Russian leg sweep, she couldn't think of a finisher, so Lita told her to do uh, the Ronda Rousey arm bar, which, to be fair, she did well enough. It's hard to mess up an arm bar. It is. You and I could do it, folks. And that's sad. Tanner decided he wanted to do a flying cross body block. Apparently, he also was watching Starcade 91 because he was like, hey, they did that a bunch of matches. I want to do it, too. Yeah, of course. Um, They tried to make Tanner angry, but the story of Tanner is that his facial expressions never changed. And I think, ultimately, that's what did him in because... They were yelling at him to try to even look like he was angry, and he 
couldn't. And so they had him do the flying body press about 50 times. Somewhere Sting and Ricky Steamboat were not impressed by this. Um, like I said, I felt bad for Jason Jordan, who had to keep taking all these moves. Um, Josh went to learn how to do a power bomb. They told him, fuck no, and had him do a running yeah. power slam instead. Um, Amanda learned yeah. how to do the bow dog. I felt bad for poor Bo Dallas because they did his move on TV and no one even bothered to notice that. No, no. Do you believe in the bulldog? I do believe in the bulldog. Yes, yes. Uh, ZZ's move, uh, he came up with a submission hold that uh, was similar to what he does to alligators when he's wrestling them. Um, where he put his, it's kind of like a camel clutch, but he put his knee into Jason Jordan's back and pulled him back by his jaw and his mouth. Um, so that looked pretty good, and actually he got a pat on the back for it. That would hurt. Yes. Uh, back in the house, they all debated their day while ZZ said the coaches said he had everything it took to be a superstar except for the cardio. Uh, fast forward to the bedroom. I don't even know. I, uh, uh, I like the second episode, ZZ moved into the girl's bedroom and, um, Diana moved out. And after Diana quit, I don't know if ZZ ever moved out. Um, but either way, um, Amanda was talking about how he hopes that, uh, she hopes that the WWE Universe picks her over Sarah. ZZ said that she's not a bitch and carried her off on his shoulders. Um, yes, Tanner and Josh talked about chicken breasts and not wanting to go back to their old jobs. They were pissed that ZZ was doing half the work and getting twice the number of votes. We went live where the judges told us what how they wanted us to vote because they would not. They kept they just went off on both ZZ and Sarah, and then asked the other three the most ridiculous questions ever. Um, Josh said that he wouldn't let ZZ babysit his kids, and damn, why the hell not? He'd be my chief babysitter, Brian. ZZ? Yeah. Yeah. He'd be great. He'd be great with kids. Oh my god, yeah. He can roll like alligators. I can see this. Yes. And and we get to yeah. the end. We get to the end, and to the surprise of nobody. Tanner was the person eliminated. So Seth Rollins' clone will not win tough enough, and instead it's ZZ versus Josh. Um, Who is going to NXT for the next year to make a quarter of a million dollars? And they get fired within a couple months. Yes. Oh, God. So that was tough enough. I'm just happy it's almost over. Nah, one more ever since. One more, and I should have you watch it too. But we'll get into things you're supposed to watch in two minutes. Because let's go to Christy Hemi now to introduce the next match.
lost the tag team titles back in Corpus Christi in a two out of three falls match against the current champions, Chavo and Hernandez, Mike. Yeah, the winners of this match will go on to face Guerrero and Hernandez for the tag team title. And like you pointed out, that two out of three fall match last month, Rude and Aries defeated. Yeah, that was, um, for those who may not remember, uh, Christy Hemme introduced Bad Influence, but it was actually Aries and Rude who were coming out first. And then Austin Aries stepped up in the middle turnbuckle and shoved his penis into Christy Hemme's face. Yeah, go figure. That's what she gets. It's not those brats. Wow. Those are the opinions of Brian Whitner and Brian Whitner only. Now, when you listen yeah. to that on the that will be on the best of show in about three months. Um, so speaking of things that Brian was supposed to watch, last week, last Sunday night uh, was the end of the G1 Climax. To my surprise, Hiroshi Tanahashi won. He is going to main event the, uh, the Tokyo Dome on January 4th against the IWGP champion. And I thought it was going to be Nakamura. Either way, the tournament, the last three shows were really good. Um, the tournament was too long, though, this year and too repetitive from last year. I don't think I would have minded it being too long if there were more people, especially more new people in the tournament. But instead, yeah. it was what it was. Now, Brian, I told him four weeks ago I was going to force him to watch some G1. And to my... And then earlier this weekend, Brian reminded me I hadn't yet made him watch any. So what I did, wrestling fans, I went out and I found a match for Brian to watch. I found the excellent AJ Styles versus Tetsuya Naido match from a few weeks ago. Um, I don't believe there was any commentary, so Brian couldn't even complain that there was Japanese commentary in the match to ruin it. And so, Brian, tell me what you thought about AJ Styles versus Naido. I thought it was a very excellent match. Uh, Naido had a uh, very explosive offensive moves. Yeah. Ah, really? Yeah. Who yeah. won the match, Brian? You know what I was I knew you were going to answer that question. Yeah, it could be just a shot, Brian. AJ Styles? Nope. Damn. <laughs> uh, uh, that was the match where uh, the bell rang, and then Naito removed his suit, and AJ's just screaming at him. And finally, Naito removes his suit, and AJ celebrates. And I wish I need to get that audio soundbite of AJ celebrating Naito finally taking off his suit. Okay. Yes. That might have been funny. See, if you watched the video, you would have seen it. I, I might watch it tonight when I'm at work. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe you, Brian. I said I might. So, Brian, tell me, what is the better term for a kick to the groin? Cunt punt or dick kick? I'm going to go with the dick check. 
What was that? I, I love your I think the new Undertaker T shirt. Eat, sleep, stick kick, repeat. Yes. However, cunt cunt is just such an awesome phrase. It is, but I'm not a fan of C words, so yeah. You can't say cunt punt, Brian? Nah, I'm not a fan of it. Come on, Brian, you can say it. Nah, I'm good. Is Nikki sitting like right there? No. Oh, I'm down in the kitchen. So WrestleMania is going to Minneapolis, Brian. Minnesota, yeah. Uh, in either 2016 or 2017, actually 2017 or 2018, uh, the Super Bowls there are in 2018. So knowing WWE, they'll probably want to do it in 2017. They usually like to have the jump start on the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. And uh, do you have anything else to say, Brian? No, I'm I'm done. I'm done my hell week of work, and I'm just ready to get refreshed in the next week. All right. Well, I'm gonna play something here first, and then we're gonna do a quick NXT preview. Get Brian's predictions on the matches, and then wrap things up from there. But first, let's go to the great Mr. Don West. The point is that we figured out a way to earn you some cash and fast. So we brought in an expert, Mr. Don West. Tell us what the next item is. Folks, we got to help Gina get this remodeling done. And by doing so, we're going to get rid of all of this great memorabilia. I'm talking about perfect Jim Mint 10 Darren Cena rookie cards. You understand what I'm talking about? $500 Jim Mint 10 Darren Cena rookie cards for you, $200. We've got original Philadelphia Eagles mustard packs. You can only get them at the stadium. And you can only get them in 1998. We've got them right here, $10 a piece. I've got the joy in Sig Dolls, if you call right now. We'll throw in all of the instinct characters, every one of them. But that's not all. You want Furbies? I got Furbies. $49.99. Here they are. Furbies galore. You can't buy these on the street. You can only get them here in Gina's Bay. Uh, Mr. Don West. I miss him. Poor Don. Poor Don. Uh, so TakeOver is uh, Saturday, Brian. I'm going to run through yeah, the yeah. card. We'll do our SummerSlam preview on Saturday. Need to say, there's going to be 10 matches at SummerSlam. Like, damn, that show's going to seem to go on forever. Um, start from the bottom up. Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. Uh, Baron Corbin's longest match was against the Rhino at the One Takeover show, which went like seven minutes, uh, and was also probably his best match. Uh, what do you think is going to come out of this one, Brian? Some type of weird ending. Some type of a weird ending. What's a weird ending to you? Like a double DQ or something like that. Uh-huh. I, think, I think it's spewed out. Okay. How about the debut of Apollo Cruz? Or if you believe uh, the poster Triple H posted on Twitter, he's going to go one-on-one with the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. I'm going to go with the negative perfect 10. 
Okay. Blake and Murphy defending the tag titles against the VOD villains. The VOD villains have promised to have somebody in their corner to uh, combat uh, Alexa Bliss in the other corner. I smell title change, Brian. What about you? I can smell it, too. No, Brian, that's the chili that you just burped up. That's what you smell. Oh, okay. That explains <laughs> it. Tyler Breeze, Prince Pretty versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Brian. Liger. Nothing else on the match. No, this should be one heck of a match. Wow. Brian giving real in-depth analysis. By the way, if you want to actually hear in-depth analysis, either tomorrow or Friday, I've got a uh, NXT TakeOver preview on F4W Online. Go read it. Because this is supposed to be Brian's preview, and oh well, he's doing a great job. Sasha Banks versus... The love of my life, Sasha Banks, defending the title against Bailey. What do you think? I, I really think Bailey's going to win. Uh-huh. I, I, I smell cheatery. You think she's going to cheat to beat the heel? No, I, I think, like, the one of the WWE divas are going to come down and interfere. Okay. This is why Brian doesn't actually book anything, folks. And then the main event. The main event, the ladder match for the NXT by God title, Finn Balor defending against former champion Kevin Owens. Finn Balor will win. You think? Pretty sure. So that is your horrible NXT TakeOver preview. Wow. Uh, just hope, I just hope our NXT TakeOver review this Saturday at 11.30 p.m. is better. It should be. Oh, my God. I, I, I think I may need a new co-host at some point. You, you say this every week, Emerson, but every week I'm still right back here with a smile on my face. I I will find someone who doesn't give two shits about wrestling, and I think they'll do a better job. Probably not. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna end things a little early tonight. Uh, Sixty-eight minutes. That's long enough for a podcast. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I feel I feel confident with our 68 minutes of life we just had. Do anything to say to the people? We are Saturday. Hey everyone, Saturday at 10:30 or 11:30, excuse me, right here again on Blog Talk Radio.